Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Earlier on in the monologia, in the chapters that I've got outlined here, namely 9, 11, and 31 in particular, Anselm had set out this notion of the word as being the creative expression by which creation, all the created things that are not God, that not the divine substance, are brought into being out of non-being. And as we've seen, they're not entirely in non-being before they come to exist, or even after they cease existing in our world of experience. Because as Anselm says, they exist in the word, and the word is, you might say, the knowledge or the expression, the wisdom, the reason of the divine substance, not as something separate from it, but as what that is. You might think of it as in its activity, in, in its using of those things. And the word itself is going to be its own entity, although not a distinct substance, from the creator. So the creator creates through the word, which is distinct and yet at the same time the same thing as the the creator, the divine substance. That's a little bit more complex. We'll get into that in a moment. Here, what we're interested in is the relationship between the created things and this creative word in which the things already pre-exist and will, you might say, to coin another phrase, post-exist after they no longer are here within the, the, the realm of our experience. And this raises some puzzles for Anselm. We've already seen some of them in those previous chapters. Now we're going to look at chapters 34 through 36, where he approaches this again, because there are still some puzzles left. So he's asking in chapter 34, he says, how can such different things, namely the creating and created essence, now what does he mean by that? The creating essence is God, the the divine, but also the created essence, meaning the whole nature of created being. So we uh, we can talk about created essences or beings, essentiae, uh, and we can also talk about essence as being the totality of created being. How can they both, he asks, be uttered or expressed by the same word, given that they seem to be so radically different from each other, especially, he says, since the word is co-eternal with him who utters it, whereas creation is not. And he says, well, one way to understand this is that the word is, in fact, supreme wisdom and supreme reason in which all created things actually are. They do, in fact, as created things, have a time-bound, space-bound existence, right? But that's only one dimension of their existence. They also exist or have being in the supreme wisdom and, and reason. So he goes on and he says, Any work that is made according to a craft, always, not only when it is made, but even before it is made and after it is destroyed, exists in that craft as nothing other than the craft itself. So we see this this notion of sort of like a divine blueprint or pattern that Anselm was using back in these earlier chapters, being brought to the fore again to explain, well, how it is 
that the word can be expressing the word or God or, you know, sort of a self-expression and also expressing created things, which are finite and limited. So it exists in this, you know, in the mind of God, we could say, as the thing exists in the craft. Now, this is an imperfect analogy because, you know, when we think about it, the artist who creates is something different than the craft by which they create. Not the same thing for the divine substance, which creates by its very self through its supreme wisdom and reason. So he says, when that supreme spirit utters himself, he also utters all created things. For before they were made, and once they've already been made, and when they are destroyed or in any way changed, they always exist in him. This is a very important point. Not as what they are in themselves, in say, in their own existence, Right? So you can say that the what things are in themselves is not quite the same thing as the in themselves or in itself of the divine. We tend to think that when we're dealing with what is in itself, we are grasping the bottom foundation level of reality. Anselm is actually saying here, no, that's not in fact the case. The way things are for us in themselves is not actually what they are in their most true being. So he says, creating things exist in the word, not just as what they are, but as what the word is. That's an interesting thing to say. He says what he himself is. For in themselves they are changeable beings, changeable essences, created according to an unchangeable reason, right, the divine reason. They're created after some sort of pattern, but they don't fully conform to the pattern, so they're mutable, they they change, they come into being, they go out of being. Sometimes they're not entirely what they ought to be. He says, in the divine being, they are that first essence and first truth of existing. And the more they are in any way like him, the more truly and excellently they exist. So what this implies is that if you consider myself, for example, Anselm would say that I exist before my earthly existence, we could call it objective reality, the in itself, however we want to put it. I exist in God's mind. There is a me, a Dr. Sadler, a Gregory Sadler, who at one time was a nameless baby, right, who is more real than the one that you're actually seeing right here. The one that you're seeing right here is actually just an image of the real Dr. Sadler right here, who I know reflexively, and you, you know, you meet me somewhere, you, you, you run into the, the Dr. Sadler, right? We're in a class together or on the train or something like that. The implication of this is that for every one of us, there is another us who exists in the divine word, in the supreme wisdom and reason, who is more like the divine word than we are. And insofar as we approach to that, we take on more being and reality. It's not just us, though, rational beings. It's everything all the way down to the very lowest scale of being. So if you're confused about that, take a look at the video specifically on degrees of being, because that's going to be important here. This is why chapter 35 is important. Anselm is going to assert that all things are life and truth in the word. What does that mean? That means that things that are not themselves living are in fact life, the life of the divine, in the word. So that, for example, this chalk 
in itself and also in the representation of it that you have, that you're watching right now, is not something living. In the Word, as you might say, part of the Word, a little part is not a good term here, this is something alive, the track that it corresponds to. We can also talk about these things being knowledge, because the Word knows intimately, more intimately than is possible for us, precisely what it is that it is expressing, all these created beings that are created in part through its expression. So that's a very important point. And this leads us to another sort of thing to think about. This is why this is a set of meditations in chapter 36. How does God, or how does the Word, how does, how does all of this stuff take place? The knowledge, what is that knowledge like? And Anselm says, look, that knowledge is actually, strictly speaking, incomprehensible. He says, from this it can be most clearly comprehended that no human knowledge can comprehend how that spirit utters or knows the things that were made. So we're able to comprehend something that provides a limit or it's actually better said not to be a limit as such, but more like an abyss, something that's bottomless, that we cannot possibly fathom. We're able to comprehend what it is that we're not able to comprehend. I know that sounds a little bit tricky, but that's what Anselm is saying here. He says, No one doubts that created substances exist in themselves quite differently from how they exist in our knowledge. So we're actually beginning with our own knowledge here in talking about this difference. I'm not the same thing as what you are watching or hearing on this video, right? There's all sorts of aspects of me that are being left out. You can't see anything other than what's on the screen here. You go on and on and on and on, right? I might edit this, change the coloring, boost the sound, all those sorts of things. That's the equivalent of our knowledge here. The things in themselves are different than our, our knowledge. So he says, nobody doubts that, right? After all, in themselves, they exist through their own essence. Anselm is not denying the reality of uh, created things here, by the way. They exist through their own essence. Whereas in our knowledge, it's not their essences, but their likenesses that exist. And he says, so it follows they exist more truly in themselves than in our knowledge to the extent that they exist more truly somewhere through their essence than through their likeness. If that's the case, he says, then it's also clear every created substance exists more truly in the word than they do in themselves. So he's making a movement away from the things as they are in what we call objective or empirical reality and saying that, yes, that's all real. But yet more real, more true, more living even, is how these things are in the Word, he says, in the understanding of the Creator. So if our knowledge is as much surpassed by created substances as their likeness falls short of their essence, how, he asks, how will the human mind understand what that essence and that knowledge are like, since they're higher yet than created substances? So what we have here is we can say some things meaningfully about the divine, but we're running into, like I said, limits or abysses, or, or you might even say paradoxes. All of this is quite tricky because we're dealing with something that surpasses what we're normally used to thinking in terms of. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.